We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com podcast. Technically, the season is still going, but let's face it, we already have moved ahead to offseason stuff. So we've got a lot to dive into today about what the Lakers are going to do moving forward. Joining me is Sean Davis from LakersNation.com. Sean, have you accepted the fact that the Lakers will not be in the playoffs this year? Like, has it really set in at this point? Yeah, I think it's set in now. I think it's set in maybe after. I watched your postgame show, and I think watching that again, I think that's what kind of set in for me. I was like, wow, the Lakers really. Again, I don't think anybody thought it was going to be this bad. I still think we all thought the Lakers would be a playoff team, but I think it's set in a little bit. Has it set in for you at all now? Yeah, I feel like I'd kind of come to accept it like a couple of days before that final game. We kind of knew, like math-wise, that it wasn't it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, but it's still weird. It's still weird. And of course, a lot of fans from other teams, a lot of other teams right now, if you look at what the Pelicans are doing, they're clowning on the Lakers and trying to, to take shots at them and all that. I just hope the Lakers will keep a, keep a nice list of all the teams that are saying, saying things right now and uh, remember that when things come back around. But we do have a lot to get into today. And I do want to mention that it's going to be a very busy offseason for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think there's going to be a lot of turmoil, a lot of turnover. It's going to look like a brand new team next year. So if you're not doing so already, make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on the notifications as well. There's going to be a ton of stuff happening this offseason. And the same thing with the Lakers Nation podcast. Over on Apple Podcasts, toss us a five-star rating, a review. We love reading those. And uh, make sure that you are subscribing there so that you stay in the know with everything that's going on with the Lakers. But, Sean, I want to kick things off here with LeBron James, he had a, a comment on the shop where he said that he would like to play with Steph Curry. Now, first he said Bronny. He would want to play with Bronny. That would be his number one pick. But then he said Steph Curry. And obviously that raised some eyebrows. LeBron doesn't just say stuff off the cuff. He usually has a, a reason for saying these things. Is this something for Lakers fans to worry about? Because if Le, for LeBron to play with Steph Curry, it would mean LeBron going to the Warriors, not Curry coming to the Lakers. Yeah, um, to worry about, no, but you have to 
think about it. You have to like just file away in the back cabin of your brain and say, okay, if LeBron and the Lakers, like LeBron tells LA, hey, I don't want to resign for another year, then you can bring it back up. And it's because it's LeBron James. The LeBron is so masterful when it comes to media appearances or what have you. And he knows, or at least he's very calculated with every single word he says. So he knew what he was doing when he said, or at least he had a plan in his mind. Do we know the plan per se? Technically, no. But he knew in his mind what he what he was thinking and why he was going to say Steph Curry. Maybe it's just nothing and we're just talking about it too much. But I wouldn't worry about it too much, Lakers Nation fans. Um, but again, if LeBron does not want to resign this offseason for at least another season, then you will probably see a resurface a little bit more. I do think, though, Steph Curry's comments after watching it made it a little bit better. Because Steph pretty much just uh, neglected it, saying, no, that's fantasy land. I've already played with LeBron technically twice on the All-Star team. So I- I'm not worried about it as of right now. Yeah, he pretty much dismissed the possibility. And again, I- I'd say it's unlikely, but just something to keep in mind if the if LeBron does not wind up extending with the Lakers. Which, by the way, we'll just talk about that now. LeBron, this offseason, the Lakers need to know what he's doing. The Lakers need to get some semblance of what he's going to do. He, as of August 4th, he can sign an extension with the Lakers. And the Lakers will probably want him to sign that extension. But in July, that's when the Lakers are going to make all the moves that they can make. That's when free agency occurs. So if you're the Lakers, you kind of need to know, hey, if we're going to trade away future stuff, if we're going to give up future cap space, if we're going to give up future draft picks 2027, 2029, we need to know whether or not you're going to stay. Because if you're not, do we really want to give up our entire future for one remaining year of LeBron and then he's a free agent in 2023 and off he goes? I think there's got to be communication between the two sides. And if LeBron does say, hey, I'm not staying, I'm going to leave, do you then start to explore trade possibilities? And as Eric Pincus mentioned in his piece for Bleacher Report, this is the nuclear option for the Lakers. If LeBron says, I'm not staying and I'd prefer to leave, Anthony Davis could then wind up on the trade block as well if the Lakers look to just reset the entire thing. So what LeBron decides, Steph Curry aside, what LeBron decides this summer, what he wants to do, could go a long way towards setting the Lakers' offseason strategy. Absolutely. And I think if LeBron does not want to re-up for at least one more season, Eric Pincus mentions a potential two-year $97.1 million extension, which he could be eligible for. I think you mentioned August 4th. Um, I, I think I'm a believer that, you know, some assets is better than none. Just letting him walk is worse than getting something yes. for him. Um, and I think LeBron is still LeBron, even though I know people are going to say, oh, he's 37. Yeah, he's 37. He's still performing at this level. So you're still going to get good value for him. And and also, as Eric Pekas mentions in the article, that it probably wouldn't just be LeBron. It might even be a package. You would get LeBron and AD. Um, so imagine a haul you could get for that as well. Um, so maybe you could see a potential clutch sports and Lakers organization split. Uh, but I, I think if LeBron doesn't want to come back, I think I think he might even demand a trade because I think it's going to come to a point where the Lakers could be like, no, we're not trading our future assets for one more year of you, especially because you don't want to resign. So, no, we're not trading this stuff to try to do some miraculous trades in hopes of one more year in, in next season. The Western Conference is not should not be as weak on paper 
uh, look at some of the teams that are going to be fully healthy, and it's going to be loaded on paper next off next year in the West. So I think we might even see more of a LeBron demanding a trade because the Lakers won't want to uh, just sell the team pretty much to – uh, get one more ring in LeBron is his last year on expiring contract. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what the Lakers ultimately do. By the way, I do want to throw out there that that's the nuclear. I I don't think that the nuclear option is the way it's going to go. I don't think I think yeah. LeBron will sign an extension. I think the Lakers are going to do what they can to build Agreed. around him. I don't think that's the path we're going to go down. We're just saying if if LeBron says if. I don't want to sign that extension, then the Lakers have some decisions to make, and that's where maybe Steph Curry's comment. Uh, or LeBron's comment about Steph Curry pops back up again when people go, wait, well, if LeBron's not signing an extension, will the Lakers then move him? And if they do, do the Warriors become a landing spot? Is it that kind of what LeBron is hinting at here? If we would come full circle. We would come back to this statement if and when we get to that point, but that is not what I'm expecting to happen. I'm expecting LeBron James and Anthony Davis to both be Lakers next season. Pincus also mentioned that Anthony Davis, if he does hit the trade block, there's going to be a market. There will be a real market for him, but you're not going to get what the Lakers gave up in order to get him in terms of assets because of the injury issues that he's had. So that's something the Lakers have to consider as well. I've seen some Lakers fans who have said, this is it. This is what AD is from here on out. He's injury prone. Sell now. It's not going to get better. I've seen other fans say, no, AD's a really good player. He's had kind of fluky injuries. If you're going to trade him, you wait until he has uh, at least a healthy stretch of a season before you do it. I don't know how I feel about the Lakers looking at trading these guys. I, I don't think they're going to do it. But if they do, you better get enough stuff to really build moving forward because they don't have some of those picks. 2023 is a pick swap. 2024 or 2025 goes to the Pelicans. So if you're going to trade those guys, you got to make sure that you're getting what you need to restock this team for the future. Absolutely. And to go on that Anthony Davis thing really quickly about his injury concerns, which makes sense from a team perspective, but at least from this year's injuries anyway, which is the reason why he's only played 40 games this year as of recording this video. Like you look at the two major injuries he's had, a dude fell into his knee and his ankle touched the earth. <laughs> like those are like two, because uh, he felt like he was going for a rebound. He just came down and landed. Like those are two really fluke Place and the second one's a basketball player that anybody's played basketball before. They've had mm -hmm. an injury like that where you just cut, go come down after trying to get a rebound and you turn your ankle. So maybe you could go back to last year and say, oh well, those are some of the injury prone stuff, or even New Orleans. But for this year, I think those are more just fluky injuries. But I do think you can make an argument that AD prior to that first injury against New Orleans was not playing well. Um, and then he comes back, and they start playing really well, and then he gets hurt again. I think he's been fine since coming back from his second injury. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm more on the side of, at least for this year, those are two fluky injuries. I still think he's a great player when healthy, but that's unfortunate because he just hasn't been recent years. Yeah, yeah, he has not been. When he's healthy, he can be one of the very best in the NBA. By the way, did you see this? So we're recording this here Wednesday evening. The Suns... After playing all their starters, they benched all their starters the yes. games before the Lakers, played them all against the Lakers, went right back to benching their starting players against the Clippers. Mikael Bridges being the only one who stayed in from the starting five there. And uh, yeah, the Suns, the Suns brought all their guys back specifically to knock out the Lakers. Some Lakers fans saying, thank you, put us out of our misery, but still... 
People, people who think there isn't an anti-Lakers agenda out there among other teams in the NBA, it exists. It's a thing. Look at what the Suns just did. Yeah, this is this is a real thing where the Suns, you know, sticking it to the Lakers was something that they were that they were there for. Somehow they only lost by four. Now, granted, they scored forty-eight points in the fourth quarter, only gave up twenty-six. But uh, yeah, somehow they lost by four. But yeah, they they definitely hate the Lakers. And again, I don't have real any animosity towards the Suns. I think it's. One of those things, like you mentioned, we went on uh, the New Orleans Pelicans radio for ESPN, I think it was, and they asked you if you have any animosity towards the Pelicans. You're like, no, I don't care, pretty essentially, is what you said. Yeah, yeah, but the Suns definitely hate the Lakers. Uh, Let's get back to the Eric Pincus piece about the Lakers' future. He says changes at the top are unlikely. So a lot of Lakers fans right now are looking at this team from the perspective of burn this thing. This is the worst season ever. And I think they're right. I think compared to expectations, this is the worst season of the Lakers ever. It's not even just, hey, they were supposed to represent the West in the finals based on the betting odds coming into the season, and now they're not even a playoff team. That's bad enough. But you look at the game script. How many times this team fell to pieces late or had the fake comeback? How many times they gave the fans just a little bit of hope and then ripped it right back? It was difficult game to game watching this team. And again, we still have some games left. Speaking as though the season is is completely done, we still have games left. But it's been tough from that narrative, from that side as well. And now you've got fans looking at this saying, why would would you not just burn this whole thing to the ground? Get Anybody who made the decisions that led to this team needs to go get rid of them all. And Eric Pincus is saying, "Eh, they're they're probably not going to change anything in their front office. Rob Palenka... The Rambi, Curtin, Linda Rambis, everybody's staying put. What do you think about that? Should there be changes being made at the top? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think... To some degree, and I think like, you've thrown out this idea in the past that the Lakers should at least bring in somebody that can kind of be the magic role, if you will, mm-hmm. that, like you mentioned, knows the cap really well. Just, I think Ropalika can go Just ahead. know the cap better than magic does. Please. <laughs> no, if, if, yes, please, be please. Be in that, that role, but have a better understanding but, of, of the cap. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because if it was up to Magic Johnson, uh, we'll be the saints of the NBA. So uh, there, there you go. But... Um, <laughs> 
look, I think Rob Palenka can build a championship roster. I think he's shown it. Like, he built that roster two years ago with uh, the Anthony Davis trade and LeBron surrounding him with good pieces. Even last season, uh, you can make a legitimate argument. That year, like, hey, we were just really banged up. This is a great team uh, that just was derailed by injuries. LeBron got hurt. Dude fell in. Tom and Hill fell to his ankle. Anthony Davis missed time. And we were up 2-1 on the team that went to the NBA Finals. Um, and then you come into this year, and what the heck, Rob? So I think in the NBA, where the lifespan of a GM is so short anyway, you have to hit every year. So I definitely think there needs to be some pressure on Rob, but that's basically what Eric Pincus talks about on the article. Um, but I agree with your standpoint that, hey, let's get another guy who knows the cap really well that can kind of assist uh, Rob Palenka in a way. I don't think the Rambai are going to leave anytime soon, unfortunately, just because of Jeannie's relationship with them and the fact that Jeannie and the Lakers, quite frankly, just have this family tree concept. Or, nope, if you're not a part of the Lakers family tree, you're not, no chance. Plug, cue the Vince McMahon music. No chance you're getting in. You have to be on the Lakers family tree. Um, and I think that's kind of frustrating. I think that's a lot of the Lakers fans' frustration as well. And I wonder, too, the perception of. Curtin Linda Rambis is largely negative. It's largely negative among among Lakers fans. Yeah. But do we really know? We don't know what those discussions look like behind closed doors. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe both of them were saying, do not trade for Russell Westbrook. Why would you do that? And Rob Polinka was saying, yes, we need to trade for him. And that's and that's what happened. But we don't know. We don't know exactly mm-hmm. what those conversations. We've heard little things here and there, and those things don't tend to sound very favorable towards the Rambai as if as a as it were, but still, we don't know for sure. But in any event, Pinkus did mention that Rob Plink has got at least one more year or one more year to, to fix this. Yeah. My concern with that is it sounds that is it sounds like it sounds like a self-imposed deadline of a year where the team's putting a limit and saying, hey, you need to fix this by then. The problem is with that getting out there, everybody knows that your bargaining power goes away. Opposing GMs, they are vultures. They're going to circle and they're going to say, oh, you want to trade with us? Well, you better give us everything you want because the clock's ticking on you. So if you want a deal, it's this deal or nothing. They're going to play hardball with him. They're going to try to fleece him. Same thing that happened at the trade deadline. And when you talk about a self-imposed deadline, you can't help but think about Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak and what happened with them. And the terrible moves that were made because of that self-imposed deadline and the clock was ticking. Some very negative connotations with with that. Even if that's, in fact, a thing where Rob, hey, you know what, let's face it, if he doesn't fix things, it could, he could be on the way out. If there is a specific time frame that he has and everybody knows it, that can be a problem for their team as they attempt to rebuild. Again, I think there's a difference between giving adding a little bit of pressure Mm -hmm. and just flat out saying, okay, you have this timeline. And if you don't fix this by then you're, you're done. Cause like you mentioned, that's when the NBA catches on and like, Oh crap, Rob, guess what, man? Clock's ticking, tick tock, your job's on the line here. Take this deal that, you know, we're probably, I mean, they're not going to say this where we're probably ripping you off, but you have to do it Mm -hmm. now because your job's on the line. You got to get fired. If you don't make moves to try to improve this roster. Um, so that concerns me as well. I think the the Lakers and Rob has to watch out for potentially getting fleeced come this offseason. Um, again, I think Rob, just the nature of the business, I think he does deserve to have pressure on him. 
because last offseason was really, really bad after two pretty solid offseasons in a row. Um, but the timeline and adding that timeline into the frame, I think, really messes things up. Now, Rob, one of his big tasks this offseason, it's going to be to figure out what to do with Russell Westbrook. And I, I think yeah. he's going to do everything he can to move him. I think Russ has not had a great time with the Lakers. We've heard rumors that Russ would like out. I think the Lakers would like to move him. I think that there's been, you know, and Russ has played better down the stretch. But I think there's been enough evidence to show that Russell Westbrook and LeBron together it just doesn't really work. I mean, just like we came into this season saying on paper, how do you make this work? The hope is, fingers crossed, that just talent will be more important than fit. And that has not worked out this season. So I think the Lakers will try to move on from Russell Westbrook. But assuming a new coach comes in, which I think is all but a certainty, is there any part of the Lakers that just say, you know what, a new coach comes in, maybe somebody else will have better luck, and they just stick it out with him? Particularly if, let's say that the cost of trading him is very high. Let's say teams want a couple of firsts just to trade Russ. $47 million, even expiring, $47 million is not easy to move. If you're in that scenario, could the Lakers talk themselves in to keeping Russell Westbrook and a new coach maybe getting a different result? You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f***ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. In, I definitely prefer not. In, <laughs> in my, what I've said in the past is the only way I'm bringing Russ back is if the only deal on the table is John Wall for Russell Westbrook in that 2027 first, which was tossed around the deadline. That's the only scenario where I'm like, nope, just bring Russ back. We've seen John Wall play in 18 months yeah. now, maybe even more. So it's not worth it, in my opinion. Just try to continue to add on to the whatever chemistry between LeBron, AD, and Russ that's there already. Try to add on to that. And you hope that whoever your new coach is can try to figure some things out there. Um, and that's probably the only other option as well because, you know, the buyout and stretch option seems to not be on the table. So, obviously, you try to do everything you can to move Russell Westbrook. Um, but if it's like Rob Polinka says, hey, coach, do you want do you want Russell Westbrook? I'm pretty sure he's going to say, nah, we're good. Let, let's try to uh, flip him and get some assets back. Let me ask you this. If you are Rob Palenka, and let's say the trade option, every NBA, every GM in the NBA tries to fleece the Lakers, there is no trade option that works on the table for the Lakers. Nothing makes sense. Would you rather bring Russ back and say $47 million, start the clock, let's just let's see this out, and then off you go at the end of the season? Or would you buy him out, stretch that over the three seasons, you have to deal with that dead money sitting on your books for three years. 
and you have a little bit more flexibility to build your roster this coming season because you've got a portion of Russ's salary off your books. Maybe it allows you to retain a guy like a Malik Monk or something like that. Gives you room to maybe use a biannual exception. What would be be your preference? Having that dead money on your books or just keeping Russ? Can I ask you a question that's going to heavily uh, <laughs> sure. sw- sway my opinion? Is Does LeBron resign? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's assume, because I think that's the most likely path we go down is LeBron stays. Let's assume LeBron stays, AD stays. Then and no trades are on the table. I'm doing the buy on the stretch. Okay. If if LeBron and AD were leaving, I'm not at if they were or LeBron's leaving. He wants to be traded or whatever. Or he's not resigning anyway, at least. Which again, it's probably unlikely. I'm not. I'm not adding. I'm not buying him out and stretching what I think is around 13 million dollars over mm-hmm. three seasons. I'm not adding that dead money to my books to build. Like I think we've already talked about it to just build around LeBron for one year. If if LeBron is saying is staying and he signs for one more year, maybe two, as Eric Pinkus mentions in the article, then sure, because again, you get a little bit more flexibility with building your roster this year. Maybe bring back Malik Monk. I don't think that's really a necessity because if you really think about it, as long as Kendrick Nunn is healthy going into next season, he can fill that role and be a better defender than Malik Monk. So you already kind of have your replacements Mm -hmm. to Malik Monk sitting there on your roster, literally (laughs) sitting there on your roster. Um, So if if LeBron's resigning and he re-ups his contract, then I, out of those two options, I'll do that. But again, unfortunately, it seems like the bio and stretch option seems to be off the table for the Lakers. right I, now. I think that's a that's an interesting point, too, because, look, if if you if you're the Lakers, you're Rob Plinkett, let's say you go the nuclear route. Let's say LeBron, you go the other way. LeBron and AD say, well, I'm not resigning. LeBron says, I'm not resigning. And you ultimately go the trade route. You no longer have that motivation to trade Russ. Right. Because instead, you're going to be moving into a different phase. You're going to be trying to reset things. You'd rather get that money off the book sooner rather than later. And so then what you're going to do is you're just going to keep Russ. You're going to play him. Who knows? Maybe at the trade deadline, some teams find some team finds themselves in needs of need of point guard. You let Russ do whatever he's going to do this season. And then you go from there. Maybe you find a trade for him. If not, see you later in the summer of 2023. You've got a ton of cap space. And then you rebuild. And then off off you go. Uh, You have to remember you will have a pick swap that year as well. So you don't necessarily have a ton of incentive to buy to uh, you know bottom things out, but if Russ is able to win you some games, okay, so be it. And meanwhile, you let some of the young guys grow. Speaking of which, though, um, and again, I still think just like I said with the LeBron topic, most likely scenario, LeBron and AD comes back, both of them come back. I don't think we see the nuclear option. I also don't think we see the nuclear option with Russell Westbrook. I think ultimately the Lakers figure out some way to move him, whether it's via trade, whether it's via buyout. I don't think he's actually back next year. But if we do see nuclear option with LeBron and AD, that changes the scenario with Russ. It's all connected. It's this this intricate web it's all of connected. team building in yeah, the NBA here with the Los Angeles Lakers. But I want to finish with the young guys. You mentioned Malik Monk. Kendrick Nunn, in theory, can maybe take on that kind of scoring role. Different player, but can take on that scoring role if he's healthy. Knock on wood. Obviously lost the entire season due to knee issues. So who knows whether or not he's healthy next season. Malik Monk losing him would not be great. If only, even if you're not sold on Malik Monk's game, just for losing an asset, right? A young player that you found, 
that did that outperformed his contract that should have some value. Maybe you can argue the Lakers, if they really thought they were going to lose him this this summer, should have tried to trade him at the at the trade deadline. Maybe, but again, at that point, we didn't know they weren't even going to make the playoffs. But Malik Monk's ball handling, Kendrick Nunn might be able to replace some of that. But Austin Reeves might be able to replace some of that as well. He's shown some flashes, and we saw some pretty solid passing in our most recent game uh, that we've seen against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I'm sorry, against the Phoenix Suns. We saw Austin Reeves come out and, and throw some really nice passes. He's shown some creating creative ability. I do wonder if he can absorb some of that if Malik Monk does wind up walking away a lot of people have been concerned about having that secondary creator on the floor year two austin reeves might be able to take on that role year two austin reeves with lebron and anthony davis still on the roster could definitely help take on that role because again austin reeves in my opinion is already a high basketball iq Mm -hmm. player and you surround keep surrounding him with lebron james who's one of the highest basketball iq players not only in the league today but ever and anthony davis who in terms of maybe secondary playmaking, is a good pick and roll partner potentially. So I think again, you ha- it's not like a doomsday scenario, Lakers fans, if Malik Monk walks because quite frankly, the the money demand come this off season is just going to be out of the Lakers pay grade, um, which is unfortunate because again, Monk has been good for your Lakers this year, but it's not some uh, end of the world scenario. Go get maybe a wing that could defend and try to shape your team how you were successful go get guys that can defend uh austin reeves because austin reeves is a, is a keeper he can't he has some playmaking uh, ability see he's a good defender if he can continue to improve his outside shot then he's a he's a real keeper and he's a legit two-way player uh that you will see in the nba today so i think you can definitely fill in some of that stuff that you will lose from malik monk with austin reeves and kendrick nunn who are both better defenders kendrick nunn fills kind of replaces the scoring rather easily that you lose with Malik Monk as well. In terms of asset management, it's not ideal for Monk to walk away and get nothing for him. But like you said, you could actually, if Kendrick Nunn can fill that role, you you could take that money that would have gone to Malik Monk, go find a three and D wing. They're not easy to do. Don't get me wrong, but you find a a wing player who can defend and shoot threes there you go. And then you've got uh, some better fitting pieces. Really, that's what the Lakers need is more two-way players, more guys who can play on both sides of the ball, guys who can defend at a high level, guys who can space the floor for LeBron. They had this year on the team too many players who could do one of those things, who could either shoot yeah. or defend, but not both. And so that's been a challenge for the Lakers. So if you can go find more of those players, that could, as painful as it would be to watch Monk just walk away for nothing, if you can replace him with somebody who can do those things, maybe you can ease some of that pain uh speaking of really quickly yeah go ahead sorry to cut you off but there's a reason why a lot of the nba's uh mindset or thoughts on the lakers signing kendrick nunn was how did they do that or they thought it was a bargain kendrick nunn's the career 15 point per game scorer with the heat he was on that team that went to the nba finals when we beat the heat in 2020 in the bubble so he's a good player and his contract is extremely valuable and it's already probably known to the rest of the NBA, hey, he's going to pick up that player option. I think there's already been stuff about that. Um, so, again, that contract for a 15-point-per-game score when healthy is a bargain. And I think you have some options as well if you want to go back to the LeBron at point role mm-hmm. and kind of bring Kendrick now off the bench as a six-man. Or you can start Kendrick as your point guard who's not really a high-usage point guard. 
So the ball, it, it does really affect him as much as it would a Russell Westbrook. So th- there's another option as well. Kendrick Nunn's just got to be on the floor, though, in order for that to happen. True. And so how confident you are in him playing and playing a full season, that's going to be yeah. something for the Lakers to, to figure out. Uh, but the other guys, uh, Wendy and Gabriel, bring him on back. Mm-hmm. I think you, you bring Wendy and Gabriel back. If you can get him on a, on a uh, minimum contract, you can bring him back. Stanley Johnson already has a contract for next season. The Lakers just have to pick up their option there. Austin Reeves uh, has a non-guaranteed portion of, of his contract. I, I think you just guarantee that, and you bring him back, of course. So some of the kind of diamond in the rough players that the Lakers found this season, they can keep next year and then use that to help build up the roster moving forward. I do think the other young guy that we haven't talked about yet, Taylor Horton Tucker, it would, honestly, I'd be a bit surprised if he's a Laker next season. I think that they're going to look to shake things up. And on the trade market, aside from trying to do something with Russ, just like we saw at the trade deadline, you probably need THT's salary in order to get a deal done. How much value does he actually have? It hasn't been a great season for him. Like in terms of in terms of return on investment, you're gonna trade him. Probably better off waiting to see how he plays this season and then hopefully he plays better and then you can trade him at the deadline or something like that. But the challenge is, contractually, he's got a player option. Next summer, yeah. the summer of 2023, he has a player option. So the longer you wait, there's some declining value there, too. So it's hard to say if getting him on the floor would really even help all that much. At the very least, he's a salary that you can put into a deal. I think we will hear a lot of Taylor Horton Tucker involved trades and perhaps Kendrick Dunn as well, because just like at the trade deadline, the Lakers are going to need those salaries. Would bringing back would bringing back THT like be so awful? I know Lakers fans in the comments below are gonna be kind of like, no, trade THT. He's been really he's been bad, and I think it's part part of his because of the contract. He just hasn't been up to that standard, especially because that's a large reason why they did not bring back Alex Caruso. Uh, but would that be kind of like just this awful thing if THT is back on the Lakers next season? In your opinion? I think it would depend on whether or not Russ is back. I think that would matter. I think yeah. I think that Russ and THT together, it's a terrible fit. It's a terrible fit on paper. It hasn't worked very often on the floor. If Russ is not back, you can probably get away with more minutes for THT. It's just their weaknesses are too similar, and that creates some problems out on the floor for the Lakers. If Russ is back, then yes, it, it could be a, a terrible thing to have THT back too, and you're still perpetuating that problem. If Russ is not back then I think it becomes more more palatable to retain THT, move forward with him, hope that he improves, still a very young player, and then you go from there. But again, I still think the Lakers, they're going to look to make some big moves. They're going to look to change things up. That You don't want the status quo, right? Last year, when the team was decimated by injuries, but when they were healthy, they were really, really good, that's a team that you probably yeah. want to keep the status quo for, but they blew it up. This year, we've seen a lot of injuries, but when they've been healthy, they haven't been that good. That's a team that you blow up. That's a team that you can make big moves, change it up, because you have a pretty good sense that what you've got right now doesn't work. So I think the Lakers are going to look to make some fairly decent-sized moves. The roster is going to look very different next year. And I think in order to accomplish those things, you're probably going to need Taylor Horton Tucker's salary on the trade front. Agreed. All right. Well... A lot. There's going to be a lot. And we're going to have a lot more discussions. There's going to be so many things to break down this offseason for the Los Angeles Lakers. There's going to be all kinds of news coming out. I'm expecting 
to see blame coming out. I mean, it's already happening. We already heard earlier today that the Lakers front office is blaming the season on two things, on injuries and the team, uh, the team basically saying that, uh, is saying that LeBron strong-armed them into getting Russell Westbrook. LeBron and Russ strong-armed them into that trade. And those two things are why the season didn't go so well. I don't think that's the end of it. I think we're going to hear more leaks about people pointing fingers, playing the blame game, all of that. That's coming to this offseason. And a lot of moves, a new coach, almost certainly so many different things are going to be going down this offseason, Sean. It's going to be a long offseason, but it's going to be so, so busy too. And I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's let's erase this team. Start I'm fresh. Kind of let's get to July 1st and let's rebuild this thing. Really quickly, do you think the first move that the Lakers need to address is the Russell Westbrook thing trade or whatever you do with him, or is it figuring out who the heck is going to be your next head coach? Oh, is it the coach first? No, I think it's the Westbrook thing. I think I think you could wait to get a coach if you needed to. It's not as big of a priority. Like if you waited till August to find a coach or whatever, like and not ideal, but you could. You could. Um, you could. The Westbrook thing, though, you you got to figure out what you're doing there. Because if you're waiting on the on the rust thing, if that starts to linger too far and you don't know what you're doing, the next thing you know, it's July fifth, yeah, something like that. You could find yourself with with no options of what to do with them. So you've got to figure that out early, what you're going to do, and you have to have contingency plans. Hey, we'd like to trade him, trade him here. Then we'd like to trade him here, then here. And if these don't work, then we're going to do this buyout. And if, or if that's not a plan, then we're going to bring him back. Whatever you have to know what you're going to do and how you're going to react as the market moves with the, the rust situation. The coaching thing, you can play the long game for, and by long game, I'm talking about the offseason. If you don't bring in a coach till the beginning of August, you're, you're okay. The rust thing, I think, because not only do you have to have that figured out, but all your other moves are going to be tied to it as well. You're going to have to get that sorted as soon as possible. I understand that for sure, and I do agree to a certain extent that uh, you could technically wait for head coach, but I'm going to ultimately disagree. I think you got to go head coach first okay. um, because personally, I think the head coach should have at least not. He's not the end all be all. Obviously, that's the GM, but I think the head coach should be involved in the decision making process to a certain extent because ultimately, as we kind of saw this year, right, if the performance on the, pl- on the floor doesn't. Uh, it doesn't improve or whatever, then it's the coach that's going to get blamed for it. So I do think that whoever the head coach is, he should get hired first. And then like he and Rob and the rest of the front office, they're kind of in synergy on what they're going to do with Russell Westbrook. And like you mentioned, okay, if it's buyout, well, we'll go this route. And then we'll build our roster that kind of helps you as a coach mm-hmm. uh, build out your roster and your style fits your style of coaching. Um, but I do see what you're saying, that technically you could play the long game and just give a coach, while not ideal, just give a coach a roster, say, here you go, this is what you have to work with. While not ideal, you could technically do go that route. But I think you've got to go get your head coach first, work in synergy for once, Lakers, and then figure everything else out with Ross, and then build your roster going into next season. And that actually fits your head coach going into next year. Just go player coach. Go old school. No, they're not, they're not go, doing that. But hey, hey, cool. LeBron. Everybody thinks LeBron's the coach anyway. Go ahead, yeah. LeBron. Here, here you go. Let's go. Let's see what happens. Right. 
No, they're not. They're not doing that. It will be something to watch, though. Who the Lakers do pick for their their head coaching job? What? Who's interested in it? Will some guys say we're not interested based on some of the circumstances around the team? Maybe. Uh, and then what moves do they make this offseason? A lot going on. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, as well as the LakersNation.com YouTube channel. John, thanks so much. I know we're going to be talking a lot this offseason. This was a lot of fun. And, uh, man, let's let's fast forward to July 1st already and get this thing running. Can we uh, play 2K and just, like, sim to July yes. 1st? But uh, all seriousness, yeah, please. But thanks for having me back on. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go. All right. Lakers Nation, thanks so much for listening. Till next time, stay safe and see ya. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.